Lauren. Thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast. This is Lauren, and I manage the Adulting is Easy blog and podcast, which can be found at realadultingiseasy.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please take a second and hit the follow button wherever you're listening if you can safely do so. Also, ratings, reviews, guys, they help so much. Please do that again, only if you can safely do so. I'm joined today by Nikki Rogers, a stay-at-home mom whose first goal is to be a good parent and wife. However, she also wants to retire early with her husband, so Nikki is on a journey to out-earn him. She resells items primarily on Amazon and puts the proceeds in index funds until she has enough money to buy real estate. Nikki currently owns three single-family home rentals, which she self-manages. She's also a limited partner in five syndications, which are primarily in multifamily with one light industrial investment. Thanks for joining me, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Our goal for today, Nikki, is to make adulting a bit easier for our listeners by discussing a personal finance topic, since managing money is a big part of adulting. So today, let's talk side hustles and specifically reselling products. Can you tell us when you kind of decided to start this hustle? Sure. So I became a stay-at-home mom, um, and it wasn't until my second child was born that I actually found like a mom tribe per se. And we would meet up regularly for coffee and lunch, I'd say one to two times a week. And I felt really bad about spending money that wasn't in our budget because we allocate every single dollar of each paycheck to something um, in a budget, whether it's our uh, stock money, whether it's our savings account, whether it's kids' stock funds, um, bills, mortgages, all, whatever you can think of, it was already allocated. So I felt really bad about taking any of that money and buying the coffee or buying lunch and meeting with my friends. So I decided that I should try to find a way to make money on the side that was just for my mom fund. And so I basically started trying to resell clearance toys to be able to do that and hang out with my mom tribe guilt-free. And why clearance toys then? Well, so clearance toys because it just happened. My first child was about two and a half at the time, two and a half, three. And my husband, first of all, my husband never made me feel guilty for spending any of the money. He was like, okay, well then we will just set aside a little bit of money that we would put in savings and you can use that. And I, but I just didn't feel right about it. And so we just, so I just kept thinking, how can, how can I do this? What can we do? And I just happened to be in the toy aisle with my two and a half year old and my infant. And we were going up and down the aisles like we do over and over. And we happened to stumble upon a clearance aisle and it had these clip clops, these Fisher price clip clops. And they were on sale for, I think, 60% off. And all of a sudden, like a light bulb switched on. And I was like, wait, I, these are on sale. My daughter loves these. We have a set. And so I called my husband and said, hey, I know it's not in our budget, but can I give this a shot? There's about five or six of them. I can't remember, but there's about five or six of them. Can I buy them all and try to resell them at cost at least? And without, like, without even flinching, he was like, sure, try it. Go for it. And so it, it started there. I love this. I, it's so interesting to me that you guys are so disciplined with your budget. I absolutely love that. I think 
a lot of people have this almost aspirational idea that they're going to have this budget in every dollar, which I think that's called like zero-based budgeting, where every dollar is accounted for. And I feel a little bad that you were like, oh, I, I really don't want to spend any money going out to lunch. But I do kind of love that you found this way to make some money on the side, get your like mom tribe lunches guilt free. Yeah. So that, that's that's absolutely amazing. And I totally love it. And toys make sense because you're a mom, you know about them. So why not use those? I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think maybe some people think I'm going to do the most lucrative thing. But if you don't know about it and you're not passionate about it, I just probably think that doesn't really make a lot of sense to go that route. What do you think? So true. So, and, and you don't even have to, like for me, it started with the toys, but I didn't continue just with toys because you also have to, like I said, we had money budgeted already for other things. And so I then with the profit that I made with that, I then took that and either bought new toys or clearance toys to also resell, or I then started trying Goodwill and getting like vintage items and antique items and things that were like in theme. Like right now, the boho is like a really big thing. So going into Goodwill and just looking for things that could be classified as boho. So I started doing that. And then it also came to, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't have a lot of money to spend right now on an item to resell. So I'd search marketplace. I'd search Facebook and all the groups. And if there were things that people were giving away for free and it looked like something that I could resell, I tried to do it and I was out no money trying it. So it wasn't even, and that's not lucrative at all. It's not fancy. It's not something that most people even probably want to do, but it was a money-making opportunity for me. So when did this start? I know you said kind of when you had your second kid, but how long ago was that? So Johnny is, he will be eight tomorrow. So it started about eight years ago. I love how you started, like with, you just kind of started trying to figure out what works. And I think a lot of people might have this idea that when they're starting a side hustle, they need to almost have this like super detailed business plan and be 100% sure it's going to work or very close to it and have it kind of all mapped out. What I love about your story is you kind of started here and there to figure out what works. And obviously eight years later, I'm sure you've got like a pretty serious system in place, but it didn't start that way. So I love that. No, for sure. Definitely. And now my side hustle for reselling has sort of shifted and gravitated towards Amazon and I still have, I, my, I, I love reselling vintage. I love going to Goodwill or a yard sale or even finding something on the curb and seeing the potential in it and being able to clean it up and then resell it. That is like, that brings me so much joy. But unfortunately, it takes a lot more time and I have to hold items a lot more and it just, for the purposes of retiring early, it just isn't as feasible. So Amazon right now, I see this as a route to be able to retire early, faster, with less work, especially with having the four kids at home. So yes, it's definitely shifted, but I go back and forth. I still do a little bit of the reselling of the toys on Facebook Marketplace and such and the vintage stuff. But right now I'm primarily focusing on Amazon. Yeah. So what started as I want to make enough money to buy lunch a couple times a week (laughs) has gone to, I want to retire my husband. And now it's like, I want to out earn my husband. So how did you get from there to here? And how many years have you taken off or how much has this sped up your early retirement journey? 
So we have always had a goal of retiring at 50. And that was when, before kids, uh, when I was teaching that, and my husband was working. And then when we started having kids, it was like, okay, 50 is still doable. But then we had a second kid and a third kid and a fourth kid. And so a lot of people laughed at the ability for us to still retire at 50. So we still have that, like, 50 is our, this is when, like, this is our ultimate goal. But with reselling with Amazon, my hope is that I can at least shave off five years, minimum. I feel like there are a bunch of processes that I still have to learn and figure out in this reselling journey of mine. And if I could nail those down properly and just if I have the time to dedicate to be able to nail them down better, maybe it could be eight years. But I think safely, I want to say I want to retire my husband by 45. He's 39 now. So that gives him six more years. So we'll see. Yeah. So your goal always was to retire early. Now this makes sense why you guys had this like budget and the savings and the stocks and you said stocks for your kids. So you guys were already kind of money, money conscious, which makes total sense. And then you have not one, not two, not three, but four kids. <laughs> it's like, okay, how could we still retire by 50? So that totally makes sense. But now, now you're not only that, you're going to try to retire your husband by 45. Awesome. Okay. So six more years. Talk to me more about Amazon how that works and why that is the best path to retiring early and financial independence for you. So I'll start with one of my biggest fears is that Amazon, because there are so many hoops for sellers to jump through and I'm still learning a lot of those hoops. And there, there have been moments where I've been kicked off of an item that I have, like I've sent in a hundred of them and I can no longer sell them. So there are things that worry me about selling on Amazon and how it is not going to be, I guess, as long-term as I would like. But my husband tries to remind me to just ride the wave while I can and to just take the opportunity as much as I can while I can. But right now, it's an amazing opportunity. I think right now, anyone who can, all you have to do is get on and apply to sell on Amazon, get on Seller Central, and you apply to sell on there, and then they do like an onboarding interview. And I think once you've done that, once you've gotten approved, I believe that with looking at different YouTube videos and accessing all of, Twitter has a wealth of knowledge, YouTube has a wealth of knowledge, all of these free um, sources of information will give you the opportunity to see if it's something that you're willing to do, but you definitely have to be able to have the time to dedicate towards it. And you don't, so sorry, let me, let me go back. You don't have to start with FBA as with what I'm doing. FBA is fulfilled by Amazon. You can start by FBM, which is fulfillment by merchant. So that basically means, so the differences are if you're fulfilled by merchant, you buy the items and you store the items. And when someone buys it, when someone purchases off Amazon and they happen to purchase it from you, you then get a message from Amazon saying you've sold it and you have so many days to ship it. So you have to hold your inventory and then you ship it out as it's sold. So you have to be able to have the, depending on how much inventory you want to hold, you have to have the storage ability to store it all. But if you want to take it the other route, what I'm doing, which is fulfillment by Amazon, you you can buy it and you 
package it and you prep it and everything. And then you send it to a fulfillment center and Amazon holds it for you. And then when the person happens to purchase it off of Amazon, Amazon then ships it out to the person instead of you. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it is so fascinating to me that you kind of have to apply to sell on Amazon. That makes total sense. I just never really thought about what goes on before these packages get to me. Yeah, right? So. Yeah. Well, and, I, and from what I understand, and Amazon's cracking down on the sellers. Like, you know, they're looking to make sure that you're not selling fake items and they want to make sure that you're selling items within the correct expiration dates and everything. So they definitely, they have a system and it seems to work to weed out all of the bad apples, but a few get put in and then that's when you, you know, you see an item and it's a terrible reviews. I don't know if you've taken the time to look at reviews before you buy them, but sometimes these, they'll say that it just doesn't look the way the pictures show or everything. So Amazon's definitely cracking down and they, but with that said, they're also making sellers, third-party sellers like me, jump through a lot of hoops in order to prove that I'm selling legitimate products. And did you start FBA or did you start FBM? I started FBM and I started okay. FBM again with toys. Like that was because again, that was what we knew. That was something, you know, going down the toy aisles with the kids every time we went to the store they could look at toys while I scanned items and look to see if they were profitable enough to sell. It seems like you're pretty successful, like you're making a good amount of money. I mean, we're talking about you are on the path to out earn your husband who has a full-time job, but how much time do you think it would take to have a good business and have it as kind of a side hustle for people? So I, and I'm by no means a professional of this. I look at some of the people on Twitter in awe of how they're able to do it. But for me right now, so just breaking it down to a, a shipment, for me to ship out about 150 items to FBA, it takes a good four hours start to finish from prepping those 150 items to which prepping means either putting a barcode on the item or putting them, if I'm selling a bundle, putting them in a certain poly bag and making sure it's got the right stickers that Amazon requires. Because Amazon has all of these, depending on the item you're selling, they have all of the different things that you have to check off in order to make sure you can send it in. Um, or you can pay Amazon to do all of the bundling and all the prepping, but that also occurs a fee. So I'm trying to save as much money as possible in that sense. So I'm doing it all. And so after prepping and then making sure I put them in the correct size boxes and then shipping them off, it does take a good four hours. Now, my goal, though, is, and I know a lot of people who are really successful in FBA, my goal is to utilize prep centers. And that is where basically all I have to do is look for a profitable item buy the profitable item, send it to the prep center, they put them in the bags, they prep it all, they send it to Amazon, and Amazon sells it for me. That would cut down on time exponentially. So how many of those types of shipments are you doing in a week? I aim for 150 items a day. And if I so if I can't do minimum at minimum, I try to do four to five a week. If I can double up and have a really big shipment, 
one day I might, you know, take a day off. Or if I know that I'm taking the kids to the zoo tomorrow, I'm going to make, you know, one week, one day may just get skipped. And but that's what I love about Amazon and FBA is how flexible it is for me in this side hustle and how flexible it is. If I don't have the time, now I'm not going to make the money, but I'm not going to lose the job either. Right. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like I'm going to go to the zoo, and that's okay. Yeah. And I have the time to do that, and I have the flexibility to do that. You said it takes four hours to prep about 150 items. You try to do 150 items at least four to five times per week. What about sourcing? How time intensive is sourcing, or is that kind of like you're there anyways a lot of the time? Oh, uh, well, sourcing. <laughs> to put it nicely, sourcing can be very frustrating. <laughs> It first started with me scanning items at the store using my Seller Central app and scanning barcodes. And that's how I first started. Now I don't do so much scanning because I'm doing a lot of bundling. And so now what I do at any given day, I have about 70 to 100 active listings on Amazon. So I will go to those listings and then I will as if I'm a shopper on Amazon and I will then look at see other buying options and that shows all of the other stores that are selling the same item that I'm selling. Then it's called reverse sourcing. Then I look at what those sellers are selling as well. And if they're selling an item that I'm selling, you know, I can assume that, you know, they're making profit as well. So then I start looking at, okay, what other items are they selling? I then take, it's called an ASIN, I take that item's number, and then I plug it into one of the programs that I have. I have Keepa, and I plug it in, and I'm able to see the volume of which it sells on Amazon monthly, the price, how it fluctuates, um, how many sellers are on that list, on that particular item, and then I'm able to go, okay, is this item profitable? And so I'm able to do this all from home which is great. There's no, you know, I don't have to be at a store trying to corral four kids and trying to do math at the same time. It just doesn't work. Um, So, so with that, I can then do it that way. So yes, I've changed my sourcing, if that makes sense. It totally does. That's so interesting. Reverse sourcing. Never, yeah. never would have thought of it. Now there are days though, where I can reverse source for two hours, three hours and not find one profitable item. And that's where it gets, that's where I was saying that it can get really frustrating. But then there are other days where I find in an hour two that have given me enough, have given me profit to make me happy for eight months. Now I do find though that it's hard to have an item continually be profitable because there are people, I'm not the only one that reverse sources. So there are people that do the same thing. They find the item and the more sellers that can, that get on that item, the harder it is for me to sell. So I do have to make sure that I'm continually trying to update my listing list. And that's why it's anywhere from 70 to a hundred items at any given time. This is so fascinating. So what do your kids think about all this? <laughs> Depends on the day. So when we first started, because we were doing all toys, they thought they lived in a toy shop. I, because we have one room 
And actually, the rooms have shifted. My storage rooms have changed. It used to be I only had enough inventory for my walk-in closet. I literally, we had to move all of our clothes to one side of the closet so that I could put all of the Amazon toys to the other. And the kids would come into the room and they would like create a wish list every single day of the things that they wanted. And they loved it. That was then. Now that it's more grocery stuff, it's not as fun for them. They do come in and they try to milk me for a certain treat that they might see in the room. And so some I have been known to lose inventory because kids have, the, the, those have been my bribing tools, I guess I should say. So, I, so I've definitely eaten some fees there. But right now, my daughter, she's nine, she'll be 10, and she works 30 minutes a day for me. She makes $5 every 30 minutes, $10 an hour. So she loves it because she uses it as a way to make money. And my other three kids, when they want something, they earn money in order to buy it by helping me in our Amazon room. So they're very aware of what is going on and what you're doing and that, you know, mommy sells toys and other there were actually yesterday at the playground uh i was t- I, I had met a new mom and i'm always very skeptical to first when they say you know do you work i it's hard because yes i work but i'm a stay-at-home mom so i next depending on the person sometimes i'll say well no i stay home or I stay home, but I also have a part-time job. So, but yesterday I had been a new mom and it was one of my son's best friends. And we just met for the first time and she had asked me that question. And before I was even able to respond, Johnny goes, she sells stuff on Amazon. And she kind of just looked at me and went, huh. And so I was like, well, there's that. Yes. Yes, I work. I sell stuff on Amazon. So it's always an interesting an interesting conversation to have, but the kids, they seem to really, they seem to like it. I think it's nice because I'm always mom, 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 mom to them. And so for them to see me working towards a goal that's not just taking care of them, I think it's a good thing. I think that, you know, there are times where they don't like it because I have to make a pack before I can take them to the zoo or before I can take them to the neighborhood pool. So they do have to wait, but I think it's a good lesson for them to learn and for them to see me do. How have you felt bringing in your own money? There's definitely a sense of pride. So I I was a teacher prior to becoming a stay-at-home mom and I taught elementary school and my license actually expired last August. And that was when I really started selling on Amazon and it was, but I wasn't as serious because it was still FBM. It was fulfilled by merchant. I was still kind of just going through the motions. Hadn't really done a lot of research on how to really make good money on Amazon yet. But when my license expired, a bit of me expired and I kind of had like a meltdown and kind of cried to my husband and was like, I, I don't even know who I am anymore. I, I, I identified as a teacher and I'm no longer a teacher because I can't teach if I wanted to. And so there was something about knowing that I couldn't, like if my husband needed me to go back to work up until August, I was going to be able to. And so there was something very defeating when my license expired. And I was like, how, if 
my husband needs me. How am I going to financially be able to help if we were ever to be put into the spot? And then Amazon started proving, you know, me putting in the work for Amazon started proving that, hey, this, this is how. So there's now like a huge sense of pride in being able to do this and not even knowing that I can do this to help him when, when or if he might ever need me, but to be able to get him retired sooner than we had planned. Thank you for sharing that. That's really moving and beautiful that you were able to find a new way to help. So what does your husband think about this? I mean, obviously he's been supportive from the start. He's like, yeah, take some money from our budget, buy some clearance toys, resell them. Gotcha. Did he, has he expressed any surprise that it's grown to be what it has? No, no. He is my biggest cheerleader. He is not surprised at all. He, if anything, he's like, not in a negative sense, but if anything, he's like, how is it not this big yet? So he's always pushing me to go, okay, you're right. How is it not? Let me figure this out. You know, he helps me now. So I can't, I can't say that I'm doing it on my own anymore because he's seen how successful I am. And I mean, we're a team. So if he sees that I need help, you know, with prepping, he, he's helping me prep. He's helping me source. He's helping me do things. Now there are times where I'm like, Hey babe, I need you to go pick up all of these items from Walmart. And he comes home with 50 bags full of items. And so he sees where it can go. And again, like I told you, he says, let's just ride this wave out. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's surprised at all. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) Babe, go pick up these 50 bags. from. (laughs) (laughs) I have the car car seats in the car. So a lot of the time, if he's the one that doesn't have any of that in the car, so he can just put the seats down and, you know, just have Walmart employees fill the car up. And so it's one of those like, okay, take one for the team, please. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Love it. Absolutely love it. So what advice do you have for people who are listening to this podcast and maybe are being exposed to this idea of reselling product for the first time? I think my biggest advice would be if you're hesitant, start with what you know. For me, again, it was toys because it's what I knew. There is, you're already going to have so much to learn with what you know already just through the process that it just makes it easier if you can start with an item that you're familiar with. Now, I also think it's important to focus on the speed at which you can sell an item so that you don't have money sitting. Nothing worse, there's nothing worse than having inventory that's just sitting, that, that's your money, your money's sitting, it's not growing, you're not able to get your profit to be able to buy more. And so I, I think that's really important, unless you can afford to have items being held. I have my my walk-in closet right now only has Legos because I can afford to wait for certain Lego sets to retire because when Lego sets retire, that's when more money can be made when you sell a retired Lego set. Uh, I think it's very important to watch a ton of videos. Use free sources. YouTube, there's Facebook groups out there for reselling, reselling vintage things, reselling Amazon things, particularly just for Amazon. I think uh, just going on Google and doing that. 
But I also, I think the biggest thing though, because I find a lot of people will contact me on Twitter and they'll have all these questions. And I think you just have to start, you know, so often people get analysis paralysis and you get so caught up on all of the, but what if this, but what if this, and if you just start and learn by doing, it's better than just sitting there and doing nothing. So start with what you know, focus on the speed that you can sell things and use free resources to learn more. If someone wants to start a reselling business, how much time and money do you think they should be budgeting? Well, so there are things that I, and I can't, sorry for this, but I cannot remember how much, but like I formed an LLC, I have my reseller certificate, um, I have the insurance needed that Amazon requires. So there are like back-end things, housekeeping things that you need to make sure that you do that I cannot remember the fee structures for. You said time and money? Yeah. So let's say, do I need to have $1,000 and two hours a day or $2,000 and 30 minutes a day? What do you think in order to kind of get started people need? Well, I think it's first, what is your goal? What is the goal of the side hustle? Are you wanting it to continue to be a side hustle or do you want to be able to quit your job and do this side hustle as a main hustle? So I think those, you know, those would definitely differ on how much time and money that you focus into going in on it. Um, I think it would vary depending on the items that you're wanting to sell. There are Lego sets that are $300. So are you wanting to focus on the higher end Legos? Are you wanting to focus on the $10 Legos? And as far as grocery, grocery, you're able to start out with less money. Now, you do have to make sure, and I did not mention it previously, but you have to make sure that you're ungated for items, which means you're approved to sell them on Amazon. And the more items you're approved to sell, the easier it is to sell other items and other brands, I should say. I'm still not ungated in a lot of the items that I like. Like right now, I, I don't believe, I, since I haven't done toys yet, I'm going to revisit toys right in fourth quarter for Christmas, but I don't think I still am uh, ungated for Mattel. So some of the Barbie items I can't sell. And so I think it also, you need to make sure you look at the items that you're wanting to sell. Can you sell them? You know, what is the average cost per item there? But I think safely start out with a thousand, you know, or start out with 500, start out with what you think you can comfortably do. I never suggest people do anything that they're not comfortable with. If you do not have a thousand dollars to spend on inventory, don't do it. Just don't. It's not worth it. A side hustle is supposed to bring you money, not lose you money. So I think at that point, it just is a personal question and what you can personally afford to put in on inventory and then sell. I do suggest though, that if you're just starting to not go all in on one item, so $500 spent on one toy, I suggest trying a couple different ones so that if you happen to learn a bad lesson and know, oh, well, this item did not sell near as quickly as I thought it would, then you're not out as much money. So it sounds like you could get started with $500. Let's say that you wanted to save Somebody's like, all right, I'm going to start a side hustle. 
of reselling product. I'm going to start in three months. I need to save, you know, they could even get started with $500. Sure. Yes. No, it, so it costs, and unless the fees have gone up and I need to look, I've, I've been so occupied with the day-to-day prepping and shipping and everything that I feel like I'm kind of behind in my housekeeping, but I need to look. But when I first started, it was $40 a month to sell on Amazon. So you have to be able to, and that's per month, you have to be able to pay the $40 a month to be able to be a seller there. And they will, depending on how long your items sit in the fulfillment centers, they will charge you storage fees. So, but that comes out of your Amazon balance. So that, uh, so unless you don't have a balance, then you shouldn't have to be paying that, I guess, out of pocket, if that makes sense. Yep, that does. Very, very helpful. So Nikki, is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Well, other than, and again, I'm by no means a professional, but other than the fact I cannot stress enough, utilize free resources. Get on Twitter, get on Facebook, get on YouTube. Um, There's a bunch of paid resources as well, but I definitely, everything that I've learned, it's been from someone who's been willing to share. Um, And there are so many people on Twitter, especially right now for me, that have so much information that, and they just want to see other resellers succeed. It's, it's such a interesting community because even though we're all doing the same thing, you, you know, and some of us are selling the same item, it's nice because we just, we learn from each other. So utilize your free resources as much as you can. Absolutely. Love that. So to that end, why don't you tell people how to get in touch with you? Yeah. uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Nikki Rogers OP. That's the only place that I'm actively sharing my reselling journey at the moment. But if you find me there and if you have any questions, I will help. I'm always happy to help with as much as I can. And everybody, you can find me on Twitter at Adulting is Easy or on Facebook. You can email me at realadultingiseasy at gmail.com. I'm currently looking for leads on podcasts for me to be a guest on, personal finance podcast. So please let me know via email or Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, if you have any leads for that. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Hopefully, Nikki and I have made adulting a little easier for you.